Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We're looking at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're in part 2 of our investigation into the restrainer. St. Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 6, and you know what is restraining him now. In other words, someone or something is restraining the appearance of the Antichrist fueled by demonic power and the power of Satan himself. But he's restrained now so that he may be revealed in his time, verse 7 of 2 Thessalonians 2, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who restrains will do it until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. And in 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 4, we connected 2 Thessalonians 2, 4 with Daniel chapter 11, verses 31 and 36. Specifically, Daniel 11.31 talks about the abomination of desolation, something being profaned in the temple. In Thessalonians 2.4, he takes his seat in the temple, proclaiming himself to be God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship. Daniel 11, he shall exalt and magnify himself above every god and shall speak astonishing things against the god of gods, for he shall magnify himself above all. 2 Thessalonians 2.4, he shall exalt himself above God. Do you see this? These two passages are mirroring each other. And that's why I told you last week, straightforward, I believe the restrainer is St. Michael the Archangel. Because right after Daniel chapter 11 is Daniel chapter 12. And when Daniel chapter 12 was written, there were no chapter divisions. It goes straight into the next paragraph, which says, at that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who have charge of your people. Now, I'm going to tell you the argument used against the position that I'm taking that St. Paul is describing the restrainer as St. Michael the archangel. And it goes like this. Daniel 11 is talking about an historical figure by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes, who died around 164 BC. Antiochus Epiphanes was a really bad guy. He was a precursor of the Antichrist. If you want to know the type of things the Antichrist will do and his venomous hatred towards people of faith and the one true God, read the book of Maccabees because that whole conflict in Maccabees is opposing Antiochus Epiphanes. So I would say, is Daniel 11 talking about uh, Antiochus Epiphanes? I would grant that, yes, but as a precursor, not as the final manifestation of the Antichrist. Other people would actually interpret Daniel 11, the abomination of desolation, as what the Romans did of desecrating the temple in 70 AD. I would even grant that because there, the Gospels talk about an abomination of desolation happening within the generation of Jesus's sermons to them. But both are precursors for the final day. 
and some of the earliest commentaries in the entire Christian church come from two church fathers, Hippolytus and St. Jerome. And in both of those commentaries, they say that Daniel 11 is ultimately referring to a future figure. And let's go on to Daniel chapter 12. Remember, when this all is going on, this uh, uh, even if it's a historical Antiochus Epiphanes, but pointing forward to a final Antichrist figure that St. Paul was also talking about, Daniel says, at that time Michael shall arise, and verse 2 of Daniel 12, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame, an everlasting everlasting contempt. That's the resurrection at the end of human history. Daniel 12.2 is case in point that the chronological context of what it's ultimately talking about is at the end of time. So that's my first big reason, as well as trying to answer the arguments against my reason, my first big reason for it being St. Michael the Archangel. Here's a second reason, and it's also in Daniel 10. So the first reason connects 2 Thessalonians 2.4 with Daniel, the end of chapter 11 and the beginning of chapter 12. Reason chapter 2 connects the 2 Thessalonians 2 with Daniel 10. So we're just going back a chapter in Daniel. And here's what's going on. Daniel in, in chapter 10, and actually before, has based on the prophecies of Jeremiah, knowing that the captivity of God's people was about to end, set his face in prayer, asking God for wisdom about what's going to happen with the people. What's the future going to be? And Daniel started praying, but he didn't get an answer for quite a while. In fact, for three weeks. And the angel that came to him said, fear not, Daniel, this is Daniel 10, 12, from the first day you set your mind to understand and humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. But, verse 13, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, this is a spirit, withstood me 21 days. You need to understand there are spiritual forces over kingdoms, okay? And this spirit withstood the angel coming to deliver a message to Daniel, and he was having trouble. <laughs> he was having three weeks combat, and then he says in end of verse 13, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. In verse 21, he says, there is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. So here we find again, St. Michael, the archangel, okay? And he is the warrior, the celestial warrior, He's also the restrainer of evil spirits, the restrainer over this prince of Persia that's preventing the angel coming to assist the prophet Daniel. And again, somebody will say, well, this is just referring to something that happened depending on how you date Daniel two centuries or six centuries before Christ. Really? Because in Daniel 10, 14, just like in Daniel 12, there's a chronological marker, and it says in Daniel 10, 14, I came to make you understand what is to befall your people in the latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. 
And again, a future application, even if there was a historical context, which I grant, that historical context is pushing forward to the final days. So that's my reason number two. The reason number three, and this is a biggie, Revelation chapter 12, an incredibly important contemporary chapter of the Bible that every Catholic living and breathing needs to read and understand. Uh, I've done special messages on Revelation chapter 12, the donors of Family Life Center receiving all kinds of information regarding Revelation chapter 12. But we find the opening scene in Revelation chapter 12 with the woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and the 12 stars describing a certain celestial uh, phenomena, which, by the way, will be occurring after several, several centuries on September 23rd of 2017. But that's beside the point. The biggie in this that you really need to pay attention to is Revelation 12:7. There was war in heaven, okay? There's war in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. This is the eschatological war. This is the war of the ages between Satan and God, and now it's reaching a culmination point, and who shows up is Michael, fighting the evil spirits who are warring against the people of God. So my three reasons, Daniel 12 with 2 Thessalonians 2, Daniel 10 with 2 Thessalonians 2, and Revelation 12, 7, who shows up when it gets, when the battle gets really hot, as St. Paul was saying what would happen right before Christ's coming, it's St. Michael again. So, how does that apply for today? Do you know what the text is that Pope after Pope and, of course, recent popes like John Paul II and Benedict XVI have made multiple trips to Fatima on the anniversaries of the apparitions in Fatima. Do you know what their text was in their homilies? Revelation 12, Revelation 12, Revelation 12, Revelation 12, Revelation 12, Revelation 12. Why do you think Mary came from heaven to warn about events coming, and popes keep going back to Fatima and and keep talking about Revelation 12, Revelation 12, and Revelation 12. Why do you think Pope Leo XIII was given a vision of what was going to happen in our days, where Satan asked permission to tempt, to deceive, to be unrestrained, as St. Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, in order to work his evil in the world. Why would a pope, a godly pope like Leo XIII, almost the blood drained from his face when he saw in terror what lay before him, probably what was going on in the 20th and 21st centuries. And then he goes in and composes a prayer, a special prayer, in order to basically plead with God to have some defense and offense against the unrestrained evil going on in the world. And what does he go in and do? He composes a prayer to 
St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. This is when he's unrestrained. This is exactly what St. Paul was warning about. This is what St. John warns about in the end of the book of Revelation. This is what is being described in Revelation chapter 12 with the great war in heaven, and Michael comes to fight. You know, this is pretty serious stuff, and you might say that this is Satan's century, that Pope Leo XIII, when he stood motionless after he heard the conversation between God and Satan, it was like the book of Job, where Satan asked for a century or so in order to be unrestrained to do his work at deception, that he could bring down the church, he could extinguish the faith. And I think this is an exceedingly serious moment in history. That vision of Pope Leo XIII or overhearing this conversation happened on October 13th, 1884. And in our day, we are hearing from Pope after Pope at Fatima, Revelation 12, Michael. And it strikes me that an evangelical scholar who has no background, so to speak, in Fatima, or papal homilies at Fatima regarding St. Michael, or Leo XIII's prayer to St. Michael, or any devotion to St. Michael, would come up and say, what St. Paul was referring to, don't you remember I told you? It's St. Michael, the archangel. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 34 of Luke 21 Radio. You might pay a visit to Luke21.com. You might read some sobering information that just might help you out in the days in which we're living. Till next time, this is Steve Wood. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at Luke21.com.